Hi there, you're with Eva Shearling, CEO of the Australian Institute of Superannuation Trustees. And for our podcast today, we are at the Conference of Major Super Funds 2019. My guest today is Samir Shah, Global Head of Digital Advisory at JP Morgan. That's quite a title there, Samir. Welcome. Could you, you explain us what, what, it, what your job entails? Well, thank you, Eva. Uh, glad to be here in, uh, in Gold Coast for the conference. Um, I happen to have one of the most fascinating jobs at J.P. Morgan. Uh, Global Head of Digital Advisory encompasses several things. Uh, most importantly, what I do is I think about the digital strategy for the firm and for our clients. Uh, I think about how technology is affecting financial services, how it's changing our business. I help advise clients, um, largely investor clients, think asset managers, asset owners, hedge funds, insurance companies, on how transformation, technology, digital is changing our business. Um, I help incubate new products and develop new digital products on the back of these technologies that JP Morgan can use, our clients can use. And I spend a lot of time with uh, fintechs uh, in and around the world, uh, finding partners who can help accelerate all of the transformation we're going through. Um, It's a fascinating job that allows me access to the world's largest clients, the world's most innovative leaders, and technology companies that are changing how businesses operate. Great. So you invest, in as part of your job, you invest in startups? We do. We do. In fact, uh, we have a large portfolio that historically consisted of networks and exchanges, but over the last uh, five to seven years has increasingly had a lot of tech firms, uh, largely firms that augment what we do for clients and allow us to uh, accelerate our own journey and development uh, internally and externally. So you're here at our conference to talk in a plenary session on innovation. What is it that you'll be leaving the delegates with? Yeah, what a fascinating conference. Uh, it just uh, from the earlier sessions, I've noticed that there's a sense of urgency and a sense of change swirling amongst the members, whether that be from the backdrop of the Royal Commission or from the fact that our businesses are changing and our clients are changing. There is um, clearly a need for people to want to drive change in their organizations. So I think that the themes that I really want to hit for people is uh, technology is changing, financial services changing. The time for us to adopt customer centricity has never been more important. Uh, What we do for our customers, what we do for our members has to change. We have to learn from uh, new age customer centric firms that are frankly delighting customers. We have to do this for customers and we have to do this for our organizations. The way that we won thus far may not be the way that we continue winning in the future. And then finally, what I want to do is offer a bit of a roadmap. Uh, This is an anxious journey. Uh, People know they have to change, but what to do and how to do it isn't often clear. Um, So I hope to offer learnings from uh, the J.P. Morgan perspectives, from the hundreds of clients I meet, and, uh, and allow clients, allow people in the room, frankly, to accelerate their own journeys. Right. So what do you think the impact would be for an Australian super fund that didn't get this right, that got left behind somehow? Yeah, look, I think a lot of the conversation this morning focused around competitors, and it focused around competitors, uh, but namely in the traditional sense. We talked about banks, we talked about retail firms that are competing with us. I think for firms that don't get it right, Uh, they miss out on an entirely different breed of competitors that are emerging in financial services. When we think of tech firms that serve the customer and go after the customer in very customer-centric ways and develop products and experiences and journeys that feel intuitive to members who have all of these intuitive ideas in their personal lives, 
what companies, what firms, or super funds that don't get it right stand to lose is lose on this customer to these new firms. What they have going for them is most technology firms are trying to get the customer. Most of the super funds already have the customer. Most customers like these super funds. So what we need to figure out is how we build on that loyalty that we have, how we build on that trust that we have, and deliver things and products that clients want now as opposed to the way that we've been working today. So in terms of leaving our members at the conference with a roadmap, are there innovative technologies that you're recommending to funds that they can implement, for example? Um, yeah, look, I mean, I think we look at uh, about a dozen technologies that impact financial services. But if I think of some basic things that, uh, that super funds may start doing, I think the first and foremost is data. Right? Data is foundational to anything that you deploy in the future. So getting a handle on all of the data that uh, we have on our members, uh, making sure it's clean, making sure it's organized, making sure it allows us to build on uh, that infrastructure and deliver intelligence, deliver insights to our members is going to be extremely important. It's a hard journey, but it's not one that you can leave behind. Um, the second perhaps immediate thing I'd say is, uh, is a bit of... A, uh, user-centric and interactive designs. Um, when we think about our personal lives and we use Amazon and Netflix and Google and Uber, they're very intuitive apps and intuitive designs when we log on to websites. Financial services companies don't typically do that, and they make it difficult for customers to navigate. I can order an Uber within two clicks, and it takes me about 48 to understand what my fund has done in performance. So I think, I think you know, changing how we operate with customers and offer more user-centric designs has to be uh, paramount and important. Um, uh, besides that, there's a, there's a series of things, but uh, rather than cloud yourself with a lot of things at one time, um, I'd say there, these are a couple that are, that are not bad ones to get started with. Sure. So our, our funds differ in size, but for the most part, because they're profit to member funds, while they have a lot of investment capital, they don't have a lot of operational capital. So does it have to come with a big price tag? It's a really good question. Look, I think historically, all of these programs have come with very large price tags because the technologies haven't been sophisticated and every company has thought they need to do all of this themselves. The reality is over the last few years, the cost of technology, the cost of processing, the cost of uh, vendors and partnerships has become cheaper. And there are off-the-shelf solutions that you can buy to start to deliver rather uh, uh, efficient and quick experiences and, and, and savings to back to your members. So if organizations take a step back and think about all of the money that they spend on running the bank or running the franchise and start to allocate some of that to changing it and leveraging their strategic partnerships, whether it be with banks and custodians and providers or their large technology counterparts, I think they can get significant value without having to write a new check or a new bill uh, that is uh, in the, in the uh, several zeros. Right. So you've, you've sort of mentioned a couple of names like Amazon and Uber saying that the financial services industry isn't doing such a great job. So you've talked about some other industry sectors that are doing a better job. But is there a place in the world, is there a region in the world that you've come across in your global role that, you know, is streets ahead of where Australia is? Well, look, I, I may not be completely objective in this, but I think the United States uh, is... is reacting to some of these changes uh, in a more accelerated fashion than other parts of the world. 
you know, part of it is just how businesses there are centered. Most major corporations are headquartered there. Most technologies are evolving rapidly over there. The the risk appetite, if you will, in uh, uh, in, in wholesale financial services is a little bit higher over there. So people are willing to experiment, willing to, uh, to try new things and fail and pivot and do things differently. Um, I think you've got leading organizations in financial services uh, 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 like JP Morgan, like BlackRock, like Pingan, like Alibaba that are really trying to change and transform themselves. There are leading incumbent organizations that are not technology companies. Uh, Walmart and Starbucks and Disney uh, that have millions of customers and many, many storefronts that are also transforming themselves. So I don't want uh, people to walk away with the only people that are doing this right are the new age tech firms that have been built over the last 20 years. Because frankly, none of us have been built over the last 20 years. Uh, we're not building a new super fund today. We're not building a new bank today. But there are plenty of examples in the U.S., in, in uh, uh, Europe, uh, in Asia, frankly, uh, that you see uh, transformation and innovation at, at legacy incumbent organizations. So you talk about the need to leverage partnerships to, to you know, leverage those relationships. Um, is there a right way to approach that? You know, is there some sort of strategic roadmap that you would recommend? Yeah, first of all, there are a lot of wrong ways to approach that. And the, the biggest thing I see uh, companies make a mistake in is, uh, is uh, there's a lot of activity without understanding the underlying purpose of what you're trying to do. Uh, I see a lot of organizations, and, and many, even in my visit to uh, the, the region here, uh, that companies are doing. In a state of anxiety and uncertainty about what's happening to their business, everybody clamors to put a lot of effort around tech and transformation. People hire a new CTO, they send executive teams to Silicon Valley, they do a bit of a petting zoo trip of fintech companies, they have somebody from JP Morgan or McKinsey come and talk to their management team about what's happening in technology, they invest in one or two tech firms, they do a proof of concept here and there, they start to send papers around the management team, and all of a sudden everybody believes that they have a technology, digital, or transformation strategy. A lot of activity is not a strategy, it's wasted resources and wasted money. So first figuring out what you're trying to solve for. And then being laser focused about that is really, really important. Most companies get it wrong because despite great intent, it results in a flurry of activity. Um, I'll speak a lot in my session about things that, uh, that one has to do to, 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 to execute this right. But frankly, it's a, you know, it's a series of principles that, uh, that, that we've learned in business over time. It's leadership from the top. Uh, it's ensuring that the CEO, the C-suite of the organization, understands this, embraces this, is patient and resilient about this and executes the, the stated priorities they have diligently. Um, they don't uh, let go of, uh, of, uh, uh, of a technology transformation digital focus at the first sign of failure. They're frankly happy failing and pivoting. You learn from that. Um, they're empowering people to change. They're empowering teams to be disruptive in their own businesses um, and, and, and really bringing a new focus and a new diligence to um, how they think about the customer and their business. Mm. So one of the challenges that Australian superannuation funds have got here is that when they signed up as a member of a fund, it's usually done by the employer and the employer trying to be as efficient as possible in that process, provide minimal details. And then it's really up to the member later down the track to provide more information, more data to the fund. We know that 
members in Australia of, of superannuation funds are largely disengaged, so funds aren't getting the necessary data. So that's a big stumbling block, I guess, in terms of some of this technology that you're thinking about when you're trying to leverage data. Can you explain a little bit about the importance, I guess, of, of getting that data and maybe funds prioritising that? Yeah, so before I go to that, maybe I address the bigger theme of member engagement. I think you're absolutely right that because a 21-year-old who comes out of uh, school with a job gets this plan given to them, they're not as engaged. But I think, frankly, the responsibility exists on all of us to drive that engagement. Millennials tell us time and over again that they want to be educated, they want to be engaged, they want to be involved. Frankly, when you look at financial statements that whether it's banks or retail funds or super funds create, they're not easy to understand. There are graphs, there are numbers, there are target dates, there's five-year returns, and they're not written in plain English that you and I um, that read and, and like to absorb. So we need to change how we communicate with customers. We need to invite them to uh, opine on how they want to be talked to and really change the engagement model, interaction model with customers. Um, getting data from customers, getting people to give you something without showing them what they're getting in return is always hard. Um, so when organizations and financial services companies are, are, are extremely guilty of this, keep going back and asking for more information without telling the customer why they need it or what is the value they're going to get out of it, uh, it becomes hard for customers to give that information up. Again, if you look at some of the, the internet age firms that do this well with, that ask customers for information. Um, think of our mobile apps who ask uh, us for, can I track your location? And we give up all of that privacy because they make it easy for us to navigate or they make it easy for us to find a restaurant or find reviews on something. So I'm willing to give that information because I'm getting something back in exchange. So us doing that is, is going to be paramount. And us being diligent about capturing that information, making sure it's kept clean, making sure it's kept updated, and then really harnessing the power of that to deliver new insights, new intelligence, new information, uh, for customers in a, in a more customized and personalized manner. That's great, Samir. I think there's a lot there that our members are going to learn from you um, in your session. I wish you the best of luck with it, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your time here in on the Gold Coast. All right, thank you very much. Great to be here.